What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arnika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today we're talking about tight hips and how they could be the cause of your low back flare-ups, all right? So this episode is inspired by conversations I've been having with patients who are experiencing low back pain, some of them for even years. Something that I'm tending to look at that they have a lot in common are tight hips, Your hips and low back work together. And if you're having any type of restriction or tightness in your hips, that can be causing a dysfunction in your low back and how it moves. That can lead to things like the trigger points in our low back, the chronic low back pain, or even those flare-ups that we talked about. If that sounds like something that is familiar to you, then this episode is perfect. Tune in as we learn about how the low back and hips are connected. We learn about some limiting factors within the hips. And of course, I'm going to give you some movements to help and add to your everyday routine. So let's get started. First, I want to talk about and not nerding out too much, the connection between our low back and our hips. Okay. That's something that you may hear referred to as the lumbopelvic region or lumbopelvic area. Now our low back, which is our lumbar spine, is meant to be stable. Our hips are are meant to be mobile. But if our hips are tight and restricted, that means that they're going to get that mobility from somewhere. Our body's amazing. It's going to use whatever it can in order to accomplish the task that you want. So let's say that our hips are tight and we're bending over to pick something up off the floor. Or if our hips are so tight that they can't join the party as much, then our low back feels like it has to pick up the slack. And that's how we get an increased curvature in our low back spine, or we get that feeling that we're pulling with our back, so to speak, it's because our hips should be helping us with that motion to bend over. But if they're so tight, then our low back increases its range of motion, which is not what it needs because we mentioned that it's meant to be stable. And that can cause the trigger points, the pain, the flare-ups. I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but I've definitely had some patients come to me who are saying, who've said, uh, I was brushing my teeth this morning and my back went out, quote unquote, or I was trying to get up off the toilet and my back went out, aka I had a low back flare up that knocked me out. And it's something that seems so simple or something so light. I don't understand why me just bidding over to pick up my toothbrush to tie my shoe is something that could cause my low back to flare up. But reality is you've been doing this repetitive motion over and over. Those hips have been chronically tight or restricted. And now your body is moving differently and how you're moving in your pelvis and your hips determines what we're experiencing in our low back. Your hips are meant to be mobile. As we discussed, they move like a ball and socket joint. Now they move flexion, extension, hip internal and external rotation, a deduction when we bring one leg towards the other leg or towards the midline of the body and a deduction when we take that leg away. Now, if we lose range in any of those directions. Most of the time, it's more internally than it is externally. But that just is dependent upon every individual and what they have going on. That means our low back starts to be more mobile. 
And if our low back is meant to be ribs stacked over our pelvis, we're meant to use this muscle to engage, to pick up heavy shit, to carry heavy things. But it now has so much range and so much motion in it that it's not even really sure how to fire and stabilize. That's when we get to nerding out to be to think about how our mechanical forces in our low back change, how we load our spine will change, what we're feeling from one side to the other will change. And it can definitely lead to some asymmetries. Asymmetries in our muscles, there's always, let me repeat that. Asymmetries in our muscles is a thing. But that also means that the mechanical forces and what's happening on one side of our spine to the other is a thing as well. We think about the muscles, you have to think about the bones and other tissues that are affected. Now, how you load your spine matters because we need our ribs to be stacked overneath our pelvis and how you move your low back matters. If you have not heard me ramp about this all the time, is the hip hinge. The hip hinge movement allows us to use our hips as a lever to push our butt back, to keep our spine as straight and neutral as we can as we bend over to pick something up. Think about the kind of deadlift motion. Our butt is pushed back. We're doing more flexing or hinging in our hips, less flexing at our spine. And that's how we bend over to pick some stuff up. That is how we keep our hips involved, our low back, and our core involved. Being in the office with a lot of my patients, I'm learning that bending over or their hip hinge is something that we need to work on. They're not sure what it feels like to bend over, to engage their core, to keep their spine neutral, and to still feel it in their glutes or hamstrings as a way to help them stand up and pick that thing up off the floor. A couple of limiting factors that we run into when we have these tight, restricted hips, okay? You've been in those situations that I mentioned before when you bend over to pick something up and your back goes out. Or maybe you experience, me, a new mom, you have your kid on one side of your hip, so you stick that hip out because you try to create the shelf for your kid. We put them on one side, we're doing everything else with the other side. You may notice that one hip is more restricted than the other. And now because we have this favorite hip that we have, asymmetry start to kick in. Maybe we start to notice that our because we spend so much time with our kid on our right hip, that our low back on our left always feels tight, feels like it has those trigger points, like someone needs to dig that out. Or you just feel like you want to put your hand in and just hold that spot. Everything is connected. Our glutes from our hip up to our low back. And most of the time, what's happening on one side of our body in that pelvis, hip, glute area is affecting the opposite side above. So right glute, hip, most likely is affecting the left low back. Now, when your hips are so tight and restricted, that ball and socket motion that we talked about that our hip makes can't can't move as it should. And if that's the case, then we start to spend more time in that set position. Prime example, if you're someone that know, if you are someone that if you look down at your feet, you notice that either both or one or the other feet are rotated outward, okay? You may notice all the way from your foot up to your hip, we now have what's called hip external rotation, okay? Now, if we our joint only has a certain amount of degrees of freedom, a certain amount of degrees that it can move in each direction, okay? 
So if we are spending a majority of our day in hip external rotation, don't you think it's going to be hard to introduce this new movement into the body to say, hey, actually, you can turn internally too. You can hip extend too. You can flex as well, meaning bringing your knee towards your chest. If we're spending so much time in this one position, hip external rotation, it's going to be pretty difficult. It's going to take some time to really retrain your movement and to open up that joint capsule You heard the saying, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. I know it sounds cliche, but it is so real. I have a patient now that we notice that her hips and her feet constantly turn outwards. And now we're trying to introduce internal hip rotation. We're trying to introduce a little bit of distraction into our hip to open up that joint capsule and really get our brains to connect to that area to say, hey, we can move in different directions. We don't just sit in this direction. We have more degrees of motion that we can do. That comes with movement retraining and re-education, but also that comes with truly understanding what is happening in your hips and how and if that's affecting your low back. I'm here to tell you that nine times out of 10, the patients that I have come into my office that have low back pain are having issues in their hips. Most of it's internally rotation. If not, then it's definitely external. And we have to work on opening up those hips, getting more hip stability, and honestly, them feeling what it feels like to have good muscle coordination and muscle firing between their core, low back, hips, glutes. All these things have to work together to make sure that the lumbopelvic region works as we should. If your hips start working right and they have the right motion that they need, the right mobility that they need, if our low back is now stacked with our ribs stacked over our pelvis, it knows how to stabilize our spine, the mechanical forces are kind of symmetrical from side to side as much as we can, then things like bending over to pick up your shoe, things like putting your kid on the side of your hip, these things won't trigger your low back pain. Honestly, keep you from doing certain things you want to do because you know that it may flare up because it did before. Fear of moving is a thing. And I run into that a lot with people who are experiencing low back pain. So if I can get to understand that maybe they're tight hips or the restrictions in their hips or something that we need to work on. And by doing that, we don't even have to work on their low back right now. Then it gives them confidence and understanding and knowledge about what is happening in their body and some things that they can do about it on their own. Now, let me get off my pedestal. And last but not least, let me give you some movements, of course. So first, I'm going to give you some things that you can do a little with the lacrosse ball, okay? I want you to specifically work on the front of those hips, so our quads, and also right on the outside of our hips, so where our TFL is located. Of course, like I mentioned, I'm going to tag these videos in our episode notes. Next, I wanted to work on a 90-90 progression, starting off with us just feeling what it feels like to do internal and external rotations in both of our hips. And from there, you may notice that one hip is tighter than the other. Maybe that means we need a little bit of love done to that hip. And you'll start to notice some asymmetries from side to side. But they should get better as you pretend, as you continue to progress. Next, we need to work on internal rotation. As I mentioned before, most of the time, internal rotation is damn near non-existent. When I have people who have experience low back flare-ups or chronic low back pain. So this next movement is going to show you how we can use a foam roller or a yoga block and really work on some internal rotation of our hip one side at a time. Next, we got to make sure that we are understanding and feeling what it feels like to properly hip hinge. So I'm going to tag a video using a prop, so like a dowel rod, a broomstick, just something long that we can use to help you learn what it feels like to keep a neutral spine as we hip hinge and to use our hips as a lever. Then last but not least, I'm going to attach dead bug marching. Now, the dead bug is one of my favorite movements, and that is because it causes us 
to put our low back in a neutral position. We have to engage our core and we have to move our limbs around it, a.k.a. our hips. That is all we are trying to do in life. While we're laying down, while we're standing up, is being able to keep our trunk stable as our limbs, our hips, our arms move around it. Okay, I'll tag all those videos in the episode notes. I hope that if you're someone who is experiencing some tight hips, that you take some of these movements, add it into your movement routine and see what works best for you. As always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better and be resilient. I'll holler at y'all in the next episode.